The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? And welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William DeBiani. I'm a film critic for The Rap and Bloody Disgusting. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I write film reviews for IGN and other places that might have me from time to time. And they're grateful to have you. You know why? Because hmm. you're great. Oh, thank you. You're full of great. I, you're I, grateful. I got to, uh, to bang out a quick review of that new David Lynch short. Oh, how was that, I haven't seen that, that, that yet? Ju- that just sort of appeared on Netflix without warning. On, on his birthday. On his birthday. Um, and it was just him interrogating a monkey as though he may have committed a horrible crime. Yeah, the, the monkey was... Don't spoil it. Per- perhaps a murderer. Don't tell me if the monkey was a murderer. Just tell me. Is that as good as it sounds? It's pretty amazing. Yes. and And that it comes... Totally out of left field. Mm-hmm. While you, I, I I started my review with spare a thought to the people who were just sort of idly thumbing through Netflix and stumbled <laughs> upon it. And said, oh, that looks interesting. I think I'll watch that because this weird little surrealist short is all of a sudden like available to millions. Think about how many times you're on Netflix and you're just thinking to yourself, ah, I only have a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there more shorts? There are documentary yeah. shorts. There should be just shorts. They're all should, over the place. They'd just be acquiring shorts. Th- there are many, many things I could complain about, about Netflix. Yeah. yeah. But we're not here to complain about Netflix. We're, we're here, here to <laughs> complain about a, a much, much worse thing, in fact. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, sometimes Whitney and I discover the existence of a show, and we hear the premise, and we go, oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we find out it's not. And that's the story <laughs> of Agent X. I solemnly swear that I will defend the Constitution of the United States. An agent of unknown identity to serve the vice president? John Case at your service. We have discovered a new chaos merchant. Welcome to command. Agent X. My dad says the vice president doesn't do anything. All new Sundays at 9 starting November 8th. You tell your dad he's going to be audited. On TNT. Okay, so just so we're clear, this is the premise of Agent X. Sharon Stone becomes vice president. I'm with you. That sounds great. And she's also the producer of the sh- the show. So this is like yeah. her project. She's well, one star. of them. She, she didn't like create it. No, but, but she's, she's the executive producer. Yeah, of the she, show. she's yeah. helping the show along. Sharon Stone becomes vice president. I'm already sold. Sharon Stone becomes vice president and finds out there is a secret amendment in the Constitution that puts the vice president in charge of a one special agent. Just one. Uh, one super duper super spy. Who is allowed to do anything he, or presumably she, although it's mm. a he, anything they want. The no jurisdictional boundaries, nothing at all, just no questions <laughs> asked. <laughs> there's... One one spy. It's it's essentially like MI six, but there's just James Bond. Sharon Stone is James Bond's handler, and she has no experience at this whatsoever. 
And it turns out everything is weird and Masonic and the headquarters is in a dungeon underneath the vice president's house. <laughs> and uh, it's boring. Uh, How did uh, they do that? Well, first of all, that, that's, that's a stupid premise, but it's the kind of fun stupid that we look for when we're doing Cancel Too Soon shows. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's like National Treasure kind of stupid. Yeah, like, it's like, you think okay, to yourself, it's National Treasure the yeah. series, the vice president has a super spy, and she sits in like a bank of computers and says, you know, barks orders to a super spy. And the super, super spy is presumably this really kind of flip-funny character, and, and she's like serious in all business. And... You could not ask for a show more generic than the one they came up with. I don't understand how I, like, you start I have a new with... appreciation for Whiskey Cavalier, which I kind of poo-pooed at the time. You did. Because that at least had a personality. It, it I had, would take yeah. a personality over none. When you have a weird concept, you got to realize that's the selling point. It's not just an excuse to throw in a generic spy show. Mm. We're here because you have a stupid idea and we're with you on it. Like, I'm with you on this. In the first episode, when Sharon Stone is sitting on a literal throne covered in Masonic symbols and telling a secret agent to, like, kill a bunch of guys and rescue a kidnapped girl, and she's never done anything like this before, and also she's Sharon Stone... I'm with you. I'm with For the you. first and episode, I was kind of with it. And here, here's how you, here's how you sort of sweeten that pot. And I'm drawing directly from shows like Briscoe County Junior and The Flash, like things that had sort of a fantasy element. Yeah. So she's the vice president. She has a Masonic throne. She has one super spy. He has like a tattoo on his palm, and he can like shield himself from bullets. Like he has one. <laughs> He has, like, one mystical power. Like, there's some one little supernatural thing to give it a little bit of an angle. Here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done. I would have made it not so much overtly mystical. Okay. But they are, like, they have an arch nemesis. There is, like, a secret society, much like the Masons. But we'll have a fictional one. Mm -hmm. And it's been trying to take down America for years. It's like a super villain. Like a super villain. And they believe in mystical stuff, but there's always a bit of uh, plausible deniability of whether they're actually mystical or whether they're just really creepy and sinister and Mm -hmm. good at what they do. And And then, like, at the end of season one, when they, like kidnap the president's daughter and sacrifice her to their dragon god everyone's uh, even even like the evil cult is a little surprised when it works and now there's a dragon flying over washington dc or something and everyone's going this is the best show ever made i'm so glad they did this in some set of something generic uh, instead, <laughs> the makers of this show, Blandy McOatmeal and <laughs> Mild Farina, <laughs> decided to make, yes, a, a, a spy show that has absolutely no personality, no. which is so frustrating because you have Sharon Stone in there. Yeah. The and ma- she's not even in a lot she's of the not episodes a, very in much. In fact, yeah, the, the premise is the vice president has control of a super spy yeah. and the vice president is Sharon Stone. Great, and we're going to spend a lot of time with Sharon Stone, right? And also there's a, no. fun, there's a fundamental joke they introduce at the beginning, which mm-hmm. is that to most people, the vice president doesn't look like they do a yeah, lot. And it is they don't. There's dialogue to that effect. They say, do you think the, the writers of the Constitution created this office, like essentially the, the second highest office in the land, and gave them 
almost no duties whatsoever. Yeah, you break ties turns, in the Senate, like, so that's it. Like The series is attempting to essentially fill a plot hole in the Constitution. Which I thought was a funny idea. Yeah, yeah. And if they had played it up, like, everyone looks down on her because, like, she's got, like, the dumb job. Like, Dan Quayle had her job. <laughs> like, you, you could play that, and it could be really, really funny. Mm. And you could have this, like, just sort of, like, this wink... And everyone sort of, you know, assumes that because she's the vice president, she has nothing to do, and that gives her, like, more access to things, and she's able to, like, she should have been the lead here, and instead, Agent X, the actual agent, mm. takes up the vast majority of screen time and it's all for about, the majority of the episode. And it's about and he, his backstory and his old and relationships his and the spies boring. he goes... Well, his backstory is something we've seen a thousand times before, mm-hmm. um... Agent X is actually John Case, not his real name. Thank God. Uh, yeah, every Agent X has given the code name John Case. At least it wasn't Jack Case. Mm, that would have been worse. Or Justin Case. Oh, that would have been better. <laughs> if his name was Justin Case. Uh, he's played by an actor named Jeff Hefner, which <laughs> sounds substantial when you say it. Uh, you might recognize Jeff Hefner from uh, Chicago Fire, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Man. I guess he spends a lot of time there. Uh, and also the show Hellcats. Uh, he's been in a lot of TV shows in the last 10 years. Chicago Hellcats. Should be Chicago Hellcats. Chicago and um, Chicago Agent X here. Uh, he um, had... Uh, you know what? They, even though they told a lot of his backstory, I, I don't recall exactly how he got inducted. Because it's but very... But there's a lot of flashbacks. He was a cool... He was a cool... Mm. agent of the FBI, CIA, they're a little hazy on it, Black Ops. Mm -hmm. And uh, when his predecessor, and this is an important plot point later, uh, is going to quit slash retire, they need to train a new Agent X. And so he is recruited, and then he's he's the guy. Um, Rounding out the cast, again, we have Sharon Stone Mm -hmm. as Vice President, Natalie McAbee. It rhymes. It's a slant rhyme, but it rhymes. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right her her like second in command the only other person mm-hmm. who is actively engaged in the agent x program other than agent x and sharon mm-hmm. stone is a man named malcolm miller he is played by gerald mcraney who is probably best known for his major tv roles on simon and simon he played simon not simon <laughs> he was one of the simons and he was also major dad which was a show I watched yeah. when I was a and kid and just haven't thought of so since. So we have Simon and Simon, and we actually will learn a little bit about his past, and he'll run into, like, another compatriot of his. Like a former Agent a, a X. Former, like another, a retired yeah, Agent another, X. A, a retired Agent X, who is played by Fred Dreyer, who was Hunter. Yeah. So we have Hunter and Simon and Simon. Get them a show. They have one episode towards the end of the season <laughs> where they actually get to team up and they have great chemistry. They're just two old men secret agents. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a show. These, yeah, these guys about, are like, like their, their early 60s. It's always like there's one like person who gets pulled in from retirement. Have two. Just two guys who get pulled mm-hmm. in from retirement, and they have a totally different attitude about this than the, anyone else. They have else. a good rapport. They, they yeah. hate everything they have to do. Yeah. And not that they're old-fashioned or fuddy-duddies. Just, they, they just have a different... Aged, they're not young yeah. and stupid. They, they've aged out, and they have to sort of approach their job a little bit differently. Uh, join, uh, more people in the cast. There's actually quite a few. That's mm-hmm. our main cast. Uh, we also have the actual president. Uh, president Thomas Eckhart, mm-hmm. uh, who had previously been vice president, so he actually knows about the H and X program, and he's constantly like he's talking, try, talking, talking to everyone interfere, in his, but he's not allowed to anymore because the president has no say in the H and X program. He's talking about like, oh yes, this horrible thing has happened, and there's terrorists have stolen these nukes. It's a shame we can't do anything about that. 
Sharon. <laughs> Sharon's like, well, not wink. Really, but yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's played by Sha- uh, John Shea. John Shea, you probably recognize as Lex Luthor from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, I... I, I remember that. that. I, uh, it's been a long time. He was a good. He was a pretty I, good. I, Lex I mixed it up with Superboy, which nobody remembers. No. Uh, he was also on the uh, rat, surprisingly long-running sci-fi show Mutant X. Okay. Uh, and he was also in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which always sounds like more violent and disturbing it than the like actual a, yeah, plot like you is. Exploded the kid. There's no. There, there's Honey, I Shrunk the Kid mm-hmm. rolls off the tongue. Unfortunately, there really is no clean verb for. Enlarge that doesn't sound wrong. Honey, I enlarged the kid. What's right it thing? sounds weird. Yeah, I, bl- I, I, blew, I blew up, up the kid. Also sounds weird. I blew up the kid. Yeah, it's I, worse than I enlarged the child. It's not a good movie. Have you ever seen that? No, I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when I was a kid. That movie's and, great. That movie holds and, up really good. And I actually too. watched Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves Ooh. because John Hodgman, or not John Hodgman, Joel Hodgman, Joel Hodgman, Joel Hodgson, Hodgson, <laughs> the Mystery Science Theater guy. Yeah. Joel Hodgson as a credited screenwriter on that one. Oh, no kidding. I didn't yeah. know that, actually. That's funny. Uh, okay. And, and I asked him about it. He said, yeah, it was, it was just screenwriter for hire. There's, yeah, there's, there's nothing there for me. It's just yeah. my name is on it. Sometimes you just need you to just pay your mortgage. do the work, yeah. Uh, okay, and then uh, there's a bunch of characters who don't run in every episode but are mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Uh, there is another, like, Russian agent who is sexy and oh has God. allegedly romantic chemistry with John Case, but, but the, again, he's oatmeal. He's, yeah, he, he's an oatmeal sculpture, and she's just there for Cheesecake Factor. Um, like she, she parades like, around in slinky dresses she, and swimsuits She's and stuff. fine, but mm. again, she's, she's asked to play such a cliche. Yeah. Uh, the character's name is Olga Petrovka. Uh, she is played by Olga Fonda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actual both Olga. The, yeah, both of, so. She has played multiple characters named Svetlana in her career. Oh, has she really? Completely unrelated oh, characters named Svetlana. Funny. There's only, like, people only know, like, three Russian names for women. Yeah. That just use the same uh, and you probably know her from The Vampire Diaries, which is very popular. Um, oh, she, is she the main character on the Vampire No, Diaries? but she's one of them. She was, like, oh, okay. one, of the, one of the main vampires. All right. Um, let's see. We have a... So, Jimmy cons- Sheridan. Jamie Sheridan to you too. Jamie Sheridan's in the show. Sure, I know you. You know Jamie Sheridan. He's been around. Which one? Well, who did he play in the show? He was uh, exactly one of, one of the secretaries. That's why I didn't yeah. think of much of him. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, we have uh, Mike Coulter from Luke Cage uh, and Girls mm-hmm. Trip, and he's on that new show oh, Evil. He plays yeah, a he's... conspiratorial government guy who's behind like a big evil thingy until the uh, show forgets about him for a big chunk and then he comes back for like one episode and I think they forgot he was a bad guy or something it's yeah, weird he, like yeah he, he pulls this double cross he kills another character yeah and yeah they, then he comes back and is like oh and I'm so glad that you're here and it's mm. sad that you're dying and then the main bad guy like the evil terrorist there's been mm. most of the se- uh, season chasing after or being chased by is a bad guy named Nicholas Volker. Uh, he is played by Andrew Howard, uh, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Bates Motel, and most recently he was on uh, the HBO series Watchmen, which hmm. it turns out is not going to have more than one season, so we get to cover that on Suddenly Less Season later this year. Perhaps. We can argue whether or not that counts as a one season plus cancellation, or if it was intended to be... Like a miniseries from the start, we, which uh, doesn't quite abide by our rules. Uh, I'm, it's looking like it's not so much a miniseries so much as like the main executive producer who was responsible for the tone of the show mm-hmm. just didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, then that counts that, as a cancellation. That would, yeah. it, it's, if, that's, if that tracks and we don't find out anything else about it, we can do it. But mm. if not, we will... 
Uh, we yeah. will just have to see. And that is uh, the main cast. The uh, typical episode uh, of uh, Agent X, something bad happens. Well, first of all, Sharon Stone tells Agent X to go do something about it, and then he does. Well, you, you skipped the introduction where we get to see a brief flashback to Agent X before he was Agent X. Or maybe in his early days as Agent X, so we can sort of establish that he has some kind of personal connection to the main story that we're going to witness. Yeah, I was going to get to that in a he, bit, but yeah. He gets to find viruses and recover bombs, bombs recover and, microfilms. And work with things, like, sassy slash sexy rival agents. Things that were tired 20 years before the show aired. Oh, the show aired on Showtime, by the way. No, it didn't. Oh, it didn't air on Showtime? TNT. Oh, sorry, TNT, you're right. Yeah, the show Showtime, aired on, TNT, they're the same network. It aired on, uh, not, not, it aired on TNT from TNT. November 8th through December 27th in 2015. 2015. Not that long ago. Mm. It feels older. Doesn't this feel like a 2009 it show? It feels like a 1983 show. Well, it feels like a 1983 show in its construction. Mm. In its premise, it feels newer and funkier. And again, you know what could have saved all of these tired cliches that we're just using over and over again? Something funkier? A, yeah. new, a, a weird framing device yeah. that makes it kind of fun. You know, like Sharon Stone is the vice president of the United States, and she's now at the center of this weird, ancient, Masonic secret society that controls a secret agent who protects the America when every other like giant agency is completely incapable of doing anything. Mm. Every episode of this, of this show... Every episode of the show, John Case is running around doing fucking everything. I think to myself, so everyone at the CIA is incompetent? Like, no <laughs> one is doing... Well, are the they all doing is, other things? What is, you got to establish this the, one. The problem is, okay, we have this one secret super agent. What's his job going to be? What kind of outlandish cases is, is he going to tackle? Mm-hmm. That this, That's your premise. You have this weird... It should be the kind of thing that you can't do with the yeah. CIA. Like, uh, okay, it turns out that... They, somebody developed a helicopter with artificial intelligence, <laughs> and he has okay. to outsmart it. You know, right. something really off the wall. I never saw mm. that movie Stealth, <laughs> but in my head, because I remember Stealth being, because uh, the whole point of Stealth is there's mm. a stealth bomber with artificial intelligence. Yeah, and but the, all of the marketing was about how sexy its three stars are, because the human stars were very sexy Jamie Fox, mm. very sexy Josh. Um, Lucas? Is it Josh Dumont? No, it was Josh Lucas. It was Josh Josh Lucas. Lucas. Very sexy Josh Lucas and very sexy Jessica Biel. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, here's the movie I have in my head. Please do this. uh, Josh Lucas and Jamie Foxx and Jessica Biel are in a love triangle. Mm. And they're teaching this plane how to do all of its plane things. But they teach the plane about love by accident. The plane falls in love with Jessica Biel, and now it's trying to kill Jamie Foxx and Josh Lucas so it can be with Jessica Biel. Mm. And like they have those shots in like the trailer of Jessica Biel, like she's sunning herself in a waterfall. And like I just want to see like the the stealth jet drying her hair in the window. The stealth jet like like, wheels up outside of the window, (laughs) peering in through its visor. Yeah, Yeah, like like seriously, like. Mm. Single stealth bomber, like that's the, the, stealth, the stealth bomber, like drops bagels off at her door, like a little gift, and then flies <laughs> yeah. away. It's like, who brought me these bagels? This is kind of creepy. And, and what the hell? Gust of wind knocked over all my philodendrons. 
<laughs> I would have come, but this weird plane flew by and messed up my hair. Now Jessica Beale has the job. What's going on here? <laughs> a plane seems to be helping me. Sadly, uh, I didn't see it either. Uh, my wife did. She actually wrote a review of it no, uh, for the newspaper I used that's to not, work for. That's not her so thing. It's not her thing. But you know, I said, hey, you want, you want to give it a shot? She said, sure, I can make that screening. <laughs> she's she's, she's quite a fun. decent writer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, n- n- sadly, there's no helicopters with artificial intelligence. There's no uh, race of five foot rats that he has to fight off. Mm-hmm. Th- there's no like. There's no sense of humor to it. Yeah, there's no like there's resurrected no mummy. There's nothing. It, it doesn't need to be that weird. It just needed to be witty and slightly mm-hmm. eccentric because that's the well. No, no, it does need to be a little weird because the premise is you have one secret super agent, right? Yeah. And all he's doing is the stuff that. Any other secret, secret agent would do. Yeah, any, he has to infiltrate a bad guy's mansion. He has any, to yeah. stop a, a group of rogue terrorists who have stolen a death machine. Any one of these plots could have been an episode of Twenty Four or Young yeah. MacGyver or mm. Whiskey Cavalier. Any of those plots. You change mm. some of the superficial stuff, but like it would basically be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a wasted opportunity to the point that a lot of these episodes blur together. Normally we like to do like a big episode by episode analysis. But, well, That's just going to be hard to do the here. The plots are so interesting. Let's at least focus on the characters because some of that we can focus on. Okay. Yeah, we have we have Olga. The first episode is uh, him having to... It, it's very much like Whiskey Cavalier, in fact. He has to sort of transport mm. Olga and it turns out... Um, he developed the, the two of them develop a regards slash romance kind of. Even she though no she appreciates that although he's a boy scout, he's a total badass, and she needs him and he needs her repeatedly throughout the series. Yeah, they, they say he's a boy scout. I see no nobility. I see no boy scoutery. I from see this guy. him obeying the rules. Yeah, he's, he's straight laced. He's yeah. a straight man. He's a straight man without a jokey character. Yeah, that's the problem. And if you're gonna have, yeah, I was thinking like <coughs> initially because the first episode he meets this Olga character. Mm. She's out after a while, and she like is running around doing Olga things, and then he just has to rescue a kidnapped girl. I understand it's the first episode. You're introducing a lot of the concept, yeah. and you don't have time for a really complicated or big. B story. Mm. Your your setup is the A story in your pilot, and indeed, some of the A story is fun. I like the bit where Major Dad takes Sharon Stone into like this room that's like a parlor room that every vice president has ever mm. had, and she figures out that there's like a puzzle in the fireplace. She, yeah, she finds the secret passageway, and he tells in the her, White House, and he tells her. Congratulations, you beat Lyndon B. Johnson's time. <laughs> he found he solved the puzzle faster than anyone. And I'm imagining myself, because again, every vice president has had mm-hmm. this Agent X. Every vice president, just so we're clear. Dick Cheney had him. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine what Dick Cheney did, and that's actually kind of creepy. I uh-huh. wish they'd actually like shown like wouldn't it have been great if like every prologue was like a different vice president oh, using Agent X yeah, yeah. like Cheney used him for evil or whatever mm. or like Dan Quayle never figured out the fireplace or he never <laughs> he never got the program. Okay, you know what? To briefly come to his defense, Dan Quayle is a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> it's a it's a joke. I know. It's I a know. joke. Look, the, the, I'm sorry. The joke about look the joke surrounding Dan Quayle was that he was kind of dim, and, and the reason is because of that is because he misspelled potato. He misspelled potato, and he said dumb things in public, like most politicians do. So. Yeah. I'm sure he's a decent person. I, I have no idea. I hate his politics. I think I have, his, his politics is kind of I, loathsome. But I know. Anyway, I, know. I, I couldn't think of. Here's here's the real problem. Uh. 
How many vice presidents does the typical person know by name? I mean, there's the ones in your lifetime. Yeah. And then you might remember that certain vice presidents became presidents later, like Richard Nixon. Mm. But, like, oh God, Richard Nixon's Agent X program must have been something. Well, Spyro, Spyro Agnew would have, would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> um... Mm. But I, I met Thomas Jefferson was uh, was vice president for a while. Mm. I like to imagine that that's when Jack of all trades takes place. <laughs> sure, <laughs> so Jack of all trades is an Agent X spin adjunct. Yeah. Yeah. Agent X would be the spinoff. Uh, anyway, so she gets to solve a puzzle yeah, they, and all they, they kind of that stuff's fun. Even though the opening uh, montage, like the theme music, is sort of a montage of. Like pictures, all these, all these pictures, pictures and history, portraits yeah. of vice presidents throughout history, and there's a figure in each portrait that has their face X'd off, hence Agent X. And uh, that, yeah, that doesn't come into play in the show yeah. whatsoever. I yeah. here's here's my theory about Agent X. Somebody had an idea that we're talking about that was really kind of quirky and off the wall and fun about you know this one super agent and the vice president, and we get all of that Masonic crap we've been talking about and these weird plots we've been proposing. But he handed it over to the studio and said, this is great, Sharon Stone's attached. He said, great, I love, I love Sharon Stone. She's in my show. It's wonderful. Also, does there have to be a robot? <laughs> okay, I'll write out the robot. Robot no might robot. have been too okay, much. Okay, yeah, okay, I put yeah. in the robot to give you something to take yeah. out. Okay, and all the Masonic stuff. Can we just write out all the Masonic stuff? Well, it's kind of important. you know. It's kind of you know, hey, history, national treasure. That was a big hit. No, look, we're going to write out all the Masonic stuff. And by the time it made it to yeah. air, it was just... All the edges were shaved off. It turned into it something a completely lot. different. Yeah, Did it you happens see a the, lot. You saw the film The TV Set with David no. Duchovny? Yeah, it's, no, I it's, that one. it's a film about that very process. Okay. David Duchovny plays a show creator, mm. and it's about how his very serious drama gets turned into essentially a sitcom. Yeah. Um, I, I was someone, when I was working in development, someone told me a story. I wish I could remember how it all went, but it was basically about how like someone wrote like a very serious, well regarded screenplay. Um, Brad Pitt was attached. Everyone, like a major director, was attached. Mm-hmm. It was going to become like the toast of the town. It was going to make a lot of money, win a bunch of Oscars. And then it got a rewrite, and then it got a rewrite, and mm-hmm. then Brad Pitt wasn't available, and so the director dropped out. And eventually it went like straight to video starring Jay Moore and was now a comedy. Mm-hmm. It happens. You know, it's just weird how development can completely yeah, change yeah. a project like that. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, but my point was. Uh, you know, we're introduced to all the characters in the first episode. We're introduced to Olga. Second episode, I was actually surprised Olga came back. I thought she was just villain of the week. And then the next episode, John and Olga have to uh, team up together to track down um, terrorists, stole a bunch of nuclear missiles, but they also kidnapped a scientist who would actually be able to arm them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to sell the missiles and the scientists to the highest bidder, so they have to work together behind enemy lines. A lot of allegedly sexy chemistry and banter. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, so Olga is like going to join the team, right? Because you realize that your protagonist is burnt toast, and you need to put some jam on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's not even burnt toast. He's barely singed. Okay, he's just he's just white bread. Not even Wonder Bread. Generic Kroger mm. brand bread. And 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 like the flat oh, top gosh. too. So like even the shape isn't interesting. <laughs> and Olga Olga is like, like I'm, I'm is like a nice can, jam. You I, know, like I a Knott's Berry Farmer better. 
<laughs> she's a boy. Yeah. She's a boysenberry. Yeah, um, and like, but like, you need her in order to like make every anything he does even remotely interesting. And I don't mean for sex appeal. He needs someone to talk to. He needs someone to challenge him on how boring he is. Mm. And then, I'm sure enough, to, she's I'm trying out. To remember what his face looks like, and I'm having trouble. <laughs> the problem is, like, after this episode, Olga disappears for a while, and it's just him on missions a lot of the time. And well, then she comes they, back. They introduce a new female lead, and in in a really stupid contrivance because we we see a flashback where uh Jack Cade Josh Josh Bauer whatever his name mm-hmm. is uh JJ K- J- J Case John Case uh has to break up with his fiance uh, in order to take the job mm-hmm. and major dad says you got to go in there and you got to break up with your fiance and but but she's picking picking paint right now he just moved in nope you got to do it it's the hardest part of your job i had to do it too it's just part of what you do. You've been selected. Yeah, there's your, there's your responsibility. And, and, uh, you've, you've been and, chosen. And so you have to, a higher purpose, blah, blah, yeah, blah. So we, and we get to see through the window with no dialogue. We get to see him dropping his fiance, And it turns out his fiance gets involved in spy shit at oh, some yeah. point. So she comes back over so, and over again. Yeah, so she comes back and... Confusingly, uh, too. Because what happens is, like, a few episodes later... Um, she's called. She's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. She's called into her boss's office. Her, her boss is played by the great Daniel Benzali, who I think is a really good actor. Who was like kind of a big deal in the eighties because I'm sorry, the nineties because he started Murder One. Okay. Um, I don't know Daniel he, Benzali. He, he's a really good actor. All right. Um, and uh, he calls her in and says, "Listen, I am I am a lawyer to some of many of the most powerful people in the world. I know all of their secrets." And they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to give you these secrets so that you may do the right thing with them because I failed. And he gets killed, and it's you know it's a it's a it's a setup. It's like the start of, start of a yeah. John Grisham movie. And yeah, I would yeah, actually yeah. watch that movie. It sounds like a good setup. So she's on the run. And she calls John. She had like a number, like for in case of emergencies. And he rescues her, and they're on the run. And it turns out there's a big shadow conspiracy within the government to take over the presidency. And just when you think, oh, it's the head of the CIA who's responsible, he gets poisoned. And it turns out Mike Coulter was behind the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Who is Mike Coulter playing? A politician of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't. He wasn't in the show before mm-hmm. this episode, which is no, like the third or fourth he's not, episode. He's not a politician. He's like a. He's like a, a secret service guy. Something like it, it's. But no, he, because what happens is later on, he becomes vice president. So he's got to be up there. He's got to be like speaker of the house or something. Mm-hmm. Because what happens oh, yeah, is, at um, some point, the president becomes incapacitated. Sharon Stone becomes president mm-hmm. for a while, and the Agent X program passes to Mike Coulter, oh God, so he's got to be in the chain of command. It's so insulting to uh, Sharon Stone what happens after the president gets Oh, I know. It's so terrible. But um, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll, to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. Like, third or fourth episode of this show is this huge, massive conspiracy revealed. It plays like a season finale full of characters we haven't met yet. They well, when they introduced the you know the ex character, you'd think they'd introduce the the ex girlfriend, the ex fiance character, and then bring her back like at the beginning of season two, and it turns out she's really important or something like a, like a big twist, this new reveal, yeah. Or or we wait a couple seasons and then we sort of or spring we, this past life we, on. Or us. what we do is we'd see like you know like in uh, Men in Black, and you see that like Tommy Lee Jones occasionally uses a satellite just to make sure that the girl he loved is okay. Mm-hmm. He could be doing that, yeah. Yeah. You know, not stalking her, but just occasionally just checking in, making sure she's fine. Yeah. That kind of thing. Kind it's of kind of sad, you know? Pro- pro- prodding at his own wounds. Yeah, yeah, a, little, a, little, a little tragedy, you know? A little romantic fine. tragedy. And, but. He, and, he, and he spies on her using the mystical pond. 
And the floor of the throne room. No, it's never that interesting. <laughs> uh, there's another. Okay, so let's see. There's an episode with a new biochemical agent that uh, kills you. It's uh, just a nerve gas this, bomb. It's just well, it's not a nerve gas bomb because it's like a special thing. It's but like it's basically like that episode of the Night Stalker, not the good the Night Stalker, but the new the Night Stalker Ugh. with like the little toys that kill you if you touch them. Oh, but it's but it's of. not. And then oh no, John might die because he was exposed to the bad thing, and he he ends up half the episode. He's running around with a nerdy guy who didn't realize that the evil nerve agent that oh, he made yeah, yeah, that yeah. he made to kill everybody would be used for evil purposes. He's like kind, an idiot. Because he's kind of naive and there's like evil spies and he was seduced by one of the spies. And he's, he's a total nerd so pretty, and he keeps talking yeah. about James Bond stuff. And I thought to myself, please don't make him part of the cast. <laughs> please do not pull a tremors on us. Wait, please need, do not. We need some color, but not him. No, 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 no. And they do that if there's another uh, FBI agent who Major Dad runs into a couple of times and has him do like a couple of off-the-books jobs, mm. who was better than that guy, but still like the kind of condescending nerd character that you just put in for a, a for show the, for... Well, they, they put it in for nerd appeal, but clearly none of the writers are like nerds or know anything about the field that they've decided like, to write about. Like, you can do that. Like, you know what shows have done that really, really well was Arrow... Arrow had a nerdy character who actually like grew into a really interesting character on her own. Supergirl had an interesting character, and it turns out like, like Polly Perrette from uh, uh, NCIS. NCIS. Well, that's a breakout character as well. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking like I, I didn't really watch a lot of NCIS. Mm. But like the thing with those Arrow and Supergirl characters is they actually had room to grow. Like it turned out the nerdy guy in Supergirl, his dad was a supervillain. Okay. So he had like a lot to live up to and down from. So actually mm. like they, they thought it out, you know. It's cute yeah. in a superhero show. It works. Yeah. It worked. I mean, he was a character from the comics, but they put him in their own purpose. It worked. Um, anyway, he saves the day. He gives a shit. Uh, let's see. <laughs> There's really... And it's around this time that we're finally introduced to the the villain of the show. They actually do something kind of clever with the villain of the show. Do, which do is, they? This well, is so boring. I, I will say this. The, the structure of how they do it is interesting. Because okay. it turns out he's the bad guy who stole the nuclear weapons in episode two that required John Case and Olga uh, to rescue them. At the end of that episode, Olga fights that fights the bad guy, and John never sees him. That's just oh, the way the okay. episode ends. So, so Until we know five the episodes, bad guy. So we know the bad guy. For whatever reason, we assume John knows the bad guy. But when they finally come face to face in episode five, that's when we find out that John knows him, and he was the previous Agent X. Yeah. And I'm and like, that would be a good reveal if I gave a shit. Like, you actually thought yeah, out an interesting, if, like, surprise there that really caught me off guard, but I don't care about these characters. Yeah, if, if John Cage there was uh, Jack Cade, boring McBlanderson, mm -hmm. if, uh, yeah, if, if he had some sort of wit or zip or personality, or just, heck with it, was kind of like Superman or Captain America, yeah, was just so good. morally straight, like, he didn't have a lot of character, but he was so morally straight that kind of defined him. You, that, here's what the show, I'm going to tell you right now. Mm. We talk a lot about what the show needs. Here's what the show needed. Every you know, you talk about yeah. all my weird kooky ideas. Mm. Maybe they're dumb ideas. Here's what the show I think unequivocally needed: a, a strong lead. Uh, well, yes, mm. but a relationship of any kind between Sharon Stone and John. They spend no time together. It's true. They're, they're always on like earpieces and stuff. And yeah. even then, she's he's usually working with Major Dad. He's actually not taking that many direct orders from her. Mm. She's not 
his mom, his sister, his love interest, his best friend, someone he doesn't Confer- get along Confer- with, yeah, like pro- someone on the opposite end of the boss, political yeah, spectrum. Yeah. There's no relationship. He is her sole responsibility. Mm. Mm. She is his boss, and she is completely inexperienced. But she has to be that way for like to make sure that you know mm. they don't the, fall into other traps of government they, agencies. They actually they never did, deal with that. They did that like the opposite ends of political spectrum. They did that in, in a season of Twenty Four. Yeah, because uh, Jack Bauer is like the sort of gung ho, super right wing, violent solves all problems. Super agent, yeah. and in one of the seasons, uh, Cherry Jones plays sort of like a Hillary Clinton stand-in. Yeah, she was great, and I love Cherry Jones in everything. No, um, twenty-four for about six seasons, from from like from like two, two, three, four, and five. Maybe the, okay, like the, around okay. there. The first <laughs> half of twenty-four season one, okay, was great. Second half. They didn't think they would go a full season, and they so really they, didn't bat plan out the oh, back half. Right, because they, there was there was, a, was like, like this plot wrinkle where a character, like the wife character, had amnesia. Yeah, and, and then the daughter got attacked by a mountain lion, yeah, and it was yeah, just yeah. like they couldn't, they didn't really, <laughs> they they couldn't believe their luck yeah, that they actually yeah. got picked up. So they front loaded everything, thinking that was their only chance. But by season two, they really, really, really knew how to pack the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. not every episode was great, not every season was perfect, but they were still consistently yeah, was, awesome through about season I, six. I did like the idea that you know, we have this sort of uh, peacenik, non relatively peacenik, non-violent president in uh, the, yeah. the Cherry Jones character. Yeah. And uh, and Jack Bauer was like always saying, no, I have to fight against that because we need action right now, because yeah. he was an action sort of dude. Uh, of course, you know the, the creator of the show is incredibly right wing, so he kind of, well, really kind of pilloried and pushed that character. The whole aside, show was a big justification for torture, basically. Uh, more or less. <laughs> yeah, much was, like Taken, which we also it's, really enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really thr- it's a thrilling show, but the politics are way irresponsible. Right, on, but on like they knew how to construct and, it, they knew how to pack the, the mm. series with characters who challenged the protagonist in some way, and were in, like even mm. Chloe. This yeah. tech person, she was such a different person mm. that just putting her in the room with Jack was interesting. Putting her in Jack's earpiece was interesting. Sharon Stone is amazing. I really do love her as an actor. <laughs> and whenever she's she done has, a lot of crap, but she's oh, yeah. always committed. Yeah. And, and she's committed. Look at Catwoman. She's great in Catwoman. She knows what movie she's <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. Not everyone else does. But like every time she gets a little moment to sparkle, she sparkles. Mm. John has most of the show, and he never does anything interesting. No. Never brings anything interesting well, and to never, it. And he never says anything interesting. No, not, the He's, dialogue is no yeah. Major Dad has good dialogue. Well, he, Major Dad is a, a fun character. He has a few, yeah, sort of moments where he gets to sort of say, on, here's the definition of what we're doing, and life is defined mm. this way, and our job is really rough, but this is why we're doing it. Like, but he, he also has a bit of a sense of humor as well. He's got personality. And again, I like the scenes he had with Fred Dreyer. So, so cool. yeah, with Major Dad... <laughs> Major Side, Dad and Hunter. And working. Hunter working together. Nice. Just give him a show. Anyway, uh, the next big episode was uh, th- there's going to be <sighs> Sharon Stone wants to broker peace talks between the Mexican government and a Mexican insurgent. Uh, like no, it's not a cartel. Oh, no, it's like, it's right. like a, they're, a sense, they're ostensibly terrorists, but they see themselves as freedom fighters, mm-hmm. and they end up in a helicopter together, and the bad guy like hits the helicopter with an EMP. So now like everyone's like most, injured, yeah, and Sharon yeah. Stone and John have to... Act. Sharon Stone and John actually have scenes together in that one, which is and, nice. And well, Sharon Stone actually has like some action stuff to yeah. do, like she's because she's out on the lamb and like on yeah. go, has gone rogue. The, the All actual, the interesting dialogue, however, is between the Mexican president and the insurgent guy. And 
and that's only like, interesting because they're so clearly at odds. It's actually mm. a really hackneyed plot. Not like, well, oh, they're going to yeah. be together and then they're going to mm. come to an understanding. Whoopity shit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the next one, uh, the next big one. Uh, so they find out the bad guy was the former Agent X, and there's a big long flashback about how he didn't seem like a bad guy, and mm. then they uh, tried to kill him to cover up, you know, the tracks of the conspiracy, blah de blah, and that made him go, well, I guess I'm evil now, and so he's evil now. Um, I know there was more to it than that, but it's just a thudding bore. And it's just spy these, movie cliche after these, spy movie cliche. These poor actors, they're, they're like, they're put in a position where they're not even permitted to do any kind of stretching. They're saying such bland, cliched dialogue that there is no way to even bring personality to it unless you do something really kind of obvious actually like affect a random limp or give yourself a weird <laughs> accent I would like take I, it I forgot who it was give I, someone I a scar it, I forgot who it was it might have been a young Peter Bogdanovich when he was uh, in a play mm. Maybe not Peter Bogdanovich. I forgot who told this story, but they one of their earliest acting gigs was in a play, and all they were playing was like a maitre d in a scene. And they said to themselves, "Well, I'm a maitre d, and I have one line. It's this way, sir. Uh, how am I going to stand out? As you know, I, I can't really overplay it or do anything really obvious. But mm-hmm. I what can I, I do to, that's interesting? I, yeah. Yeah, I have to I have to upstage the scene in some way. So he said, "I know he's been injured, and he's going to limp. He's going to have this like really kind of." Not not like an over like a, a Igor kind of limp, but yeah. he's gonna he's gonna move strangely, and that's gonna catch people's eyes. Walk this way, so. yeah, and any yeah. kind of and so he, like the big star came up and said he asked me like two for dinner, and he says yes this way. He kind of wheeled around and sort of very realistically limped off stage, and the director said, "Is everything okay? Do I have to replace you?" Because it was so realistic, <laughs> he didn't realize it was an acting choice. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. That was an acting choice. The director said, don't ever, ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was in a play, a school mm. play. And um, we were supposed to... Oh, God, it was so fucking corny and stupid. The <laughs> opening was supposed to be all the kids miming something beautiful in, like, in a dream. And I realized just before the curtain rose that this is fucking stupid. Oh, no. No one in the audience is going to enjoy this. Uh. I got to do something. So I did a pratfall. Without telling like, anybody. Like on purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, did like. Did you make it I look was, like an accident? Well, or hang on. All right. Uh, I was flying, like my arms were flapping, mm-hmm. and then thunk. <laughs> Problem was, I didn't know how to do pratfalls yet, and I actually oh, no. injured my knee. Oh, no. So I limped off stage, and everyone was going, <gasps> and I realized, oh, no, they're going to not have a good time for the rest of the night unless I pretend not to have a limp. Oh, no. So I pretended not to have a limp. Which is hard to do, mm. but I pulled it off, and I pulled it off so well that at the end of the play, my parents didn't ask me about it, and so I had to pretend I didn't have a limp for weeks <laughs> oh, no. in order to keep the charade alive. <laughs> and every once in a while, I would find myself like actually limping with that leg. I think I probably should have seen a doctor. Maybe so. You see, you see that movie Waves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where probably. The, where the teenage boy like keeps his injuries a secret. Funnily enough, mm. you know, I had my knee surgery about like five years ago now. Mm. Same knee. That knee is cursed. <laughs> Coincidence. That's the knee I skinned once in like a parking lot, just all over some asphalt. They got a curse in that knee. That's a bad a knee. Demon man. Every, yeah, of everyone's it. got some. I'll be able to bad would, knee. I have a bad knee. I would rather talk about our injuries than talk about Agent X. We are having an earthquake right now. We sure are. 
Sweet. Recording right during an earthquake. Live, live from okay, Los Angeles. That was a, that San Andreas a, Fault is acting up. That was a relatively small one or a really big one quite far away. That's eerie. We were t- talking about uh, curses on your Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we were talking about give, give someone a limp, for God's yeah, sake. Give let them, so, yeah, let give, them have something well, to do. Yeah, the whole point is these actors, unless they do something really obvious like that, like affect a limp or give themselves some kind of wacky accent. Yeah. There's nothing here. Please Uh, add something. There's an episode, I think it's the second to last episode, where they have to go to the Dante party. We're getting to that. We need to spend time on that. Uh, The Dante party. We're almost there. (laughs) At the end of the big flashback episode, Hmm. uh, the president is assassinated. Mm. Like, a Secret Service agent kills the president and then kills another Secret Service agent and switches guns. So it's like, that other guy did it? And the president, well, the president, the president is shot, not well, killed. Well, you think he's but, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shot. That's a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the next episode, Sharon Stone is now president, talking about how the president is dead to the press. Mm-hmm. So for a minute, you're thinking, John Shea isn't that big an actor. They could get rid of him. Like, that might be where we're going here. This might be kind of weird. Well, Mike Coulter is sworn of... in as vice president. He's put in charge of the program. Sharon Stone isn't allowed to talk to John anymore, which would mean something if they had some kind of relationship. Well, also, it means that they're taking this role that we expected to be large and is already smaller than we wanted it to be and writing it even smaller. Right, and there's a moment... According to the premise of the show. There's a moment where it looks like, okay, Sharon Stone's going to solve the crime or something as the president, and again, that's weird. That's kooky, weird stuff. I want to see the president solve a murder. (laughs) President Sharon Stone solves a murder. I want to see that show. Like, that's a good show. Mm. Show me that show. We get it for half an episode because it turns out the president is fine. (laughs) And they've been hiding him in order to make sure, like, the criminals felt at ease, and so they would reveal themselves... Mm-hmm. Uh, they kidnap the bad guy. Uh, Mike Coulter is working with the bad guy, but the bad guy betrays Mike Coulter, takes over the whole Agent X thingy, and there's mm-hmm. a whole thingy, and it's a thingy. Um, uh, what I actually like in the last few episodes, after mm-hmm. um, they tell the whole world that the president was fine, mm-hmm. John Shea actually has kind of an interesting performance because they put him in a wheelchair and then crutches throughout mm. the episode, and we'd seen in the first two-thirds of the series him being very active. Half, half he's the time an athlete, he's, he's shooting hoops. Yeah, he's yeah. having all of his meetings like in the gym or whatever, where he's actually like you know being very active. So all of a sudden, he's in a wheelchair, he's inactive, and it is affecting his frame of mind. Mm. And I, as someone, I, even to someone who is in a car accident, not even that horrifying and paranoia-inducing, is having one of your Secret Service agents shoot you. Like, I know that how they create like this crisis of confidence. Like, I'm not who I used to be. Yeah. You know, and that can that can mess with you. And if you're the leader of the free world, that could be really dangerous. And there's several scenes of Sharon Stone talking to him, and he's starting to get really paranoid, and he started to talk about, we could expand the Agent X program and put you in charge of 100 people. And you could do anything with that amount of firepower. And she's like, no, you're joking, right? And he's like... Yeah, yeah, sure. And then in the last episode, he does something really fucked up, which I thought was interesting and was at least potentially of interest. Mm -hmm. But um, and then and then we get and then we get waylaid by a filler episode. Yeah, with a party where John has to go undercover at a stupid ass party. The Dante party. Tell them about the Dante party. So, which is not uh, a political party; it's an actual gathering. It's, of people for drinks and fun, and and I kind I really hoped that they were gonna they were trying to make a stab at the fire festival. Turns out this show aired long before the fire festival. <laughs> like they were they were gonna really. get to the party and like it was gonna be this total wreck. Um, <laughs> Feral dogs. No, it, turn, it, it turns out there's an evil oligarch 
His name is actually Dante, uh-huh. and he is very fond of Dante Al- Alighieri poetry, the, the Divine Comedy, and he ha- likes to throw Divine Comedy-themed parties every once in a while. Like, every year, there's a big and, one, and he invites the most important minds mm, in the world. The most, like, his, interesting lawyers and creatives and he has a politicians. Ma- he has a MacGuffin, which is a computer thing with a demon imprinted on it, which is the dumbest possible thing. Yeah, and, and John is being forced by the former Agent X mm. to steal it. He doesn't know the Formation X is the one making him do it, but he is. But Olga is there, and she's just in a bikini, and yeah, his, his ex is there as well, and she's in a bikini. And not only is she in a bikini, she has the dumbest hair all of a sudden. She's got this, it looks like the Cyclos hairdo from Battlefield Earth. Yeah. It's, it's like this gigantic wig we, that's we, bigger than her head. We see her in the morning around the pool, uh-huh. and there's just a scene where she runs into John, and it looks like John is with Olga, and it's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves. And then that night, she shows up in like a fabulous outfit. It's like the dinner mm. fancy bit. And she has made up her hair like giant, frizzy, <laughs> like it's, like it's, a Eurythmics video or something. Like it's, it's so it's fucking like, it's out like of place. Dreadlocks, and yeah. I just realized that that would have taken either that's a wig, and it probably was. Mm. But if that's supposed to be her real hair, that's her like her entire afternoon is getting that shit well, done. Also, even if it's a wig, it means she traveled to the island with it. So she has an extra like suitcase yeah. on her spy mission. Like a Marge Simpson hairdo like, sized okay. hat box. Unless she opens a door and pulls out a gun or there's like a cord inside and it lets her hack into a computer or something. <laughs> Unless it's like an actual fit like practical spy application. There's no reason to have that stupid-ass hair. Yeah. Uh, this Dante character is this wild hedonist, and he's got a drawer of sex toys, but, you know, it's TNT, so you can't get too explicit about mm-hmm. it. He likes to randomly select members of his party mm-hmm. to fight each other. Yeah. Like, you're all wearing a little bracelet or something, and if yours glows red at the same time, you have to fight. That's the rules. Otherwise, you don't get crepes or whatever. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the consequence is for not doing it. He can't kill you. I don't think that's it's that kind of party. Otherwise, my son's bar mitzvah is ruined. So fight to the death. Uh, it, it is like... Uh, it, uh, it is the most insufferable thing yeah. to watch this show that has, that has as much flavor as an empty plate... <laughs> Try to season the food that's not on it. <laughs> and it's like pouring salt on an empty plate. That's still not a meal. <laughs> anyway. It's this- awful and insufferable, and we're supposed to be getting off on kind of the sex appeal at all, because it's this rich mansion, and everybody's half naked, and everybody's, uh, every, everybody's like sexed up, and we're supposed to be like really into the sexiness of it all. It's not lascivious as like an animated Fox cartoon. Mm-hmm. It is like the attempt the attempt of a boring show to be interesting. Anyway, the last episode hmm. uh Fidelity episode oh, wait, 10. Uh, there's also um and this is what I was going to complain about what they do with Sharon Stone because oh. she she was temporarily president. You would think this would have to do something with policy or she would actually get to sort of flex her political muscles for a little bit, but it turns out the president is okay and he's in a wheelchair and then on crutches. You went through that already. Yeah. There's a scene where she, 
the president, who's in a wheelchair, confesses to her, I'm, I'm destitute, I don't know what to do with my body, I can't be a good ruler from a wheelchair, just, dude, FDR. And just like, yeah, she, she yeah. says FDR. Yeah, she, 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 no, she even FDR. says, dude, FDR. is like, eh, FDR. And she's like, I'll, I'll tell you what, and I'll get some, uh, some soldiers who are injured and some Paralympians and mm. get them in here to say, dude, you can you do know. a lot. You know, yeah, you need to be, to, to realize that your life isn't over. Yeah, yeah, in fact, there's a lot of potential, a heck of a lot of potential that's still in your yeah. life. Even and, if you end up not even you're in the, in the wheelchair. And I re- yeah. and and the president is saying yes, thank you, and he's shaking hands of, of the Paralympians. And Sheraton Stone is sitting off to the side, kind of like crossing her arms and smiling a little bit. And I realized she's supposed to be in charge of like a super agent, right? Yeah. Like she's an active part of the the central action of the show, presumably. Uh-huh. And her subplot has been reduced to making the president feel better. I know. Serving the the dude who's not even a main character it's on the show. It's fucking insufferable. It's yeah. And, and, but that's the whole thing. You've got Sharon fucking Stone. And, and she's not executive only, producer. You not think only, she have more say into what her character not is only, doing. Not, Sharon Stone is <laughs> such a get mm-hmm. for any TV series. First off, again... She is, doesn't always get the respect she deserves, but mm-hmm. she is a great actor. Yeah, she's a genuine. She's been genuinely great in a lot of. You actually, someone asked you in an AMA recently what your favorite Sharon Stone performance was. You say Gloria. That's good. What? Fair enough. And just like that's not even a movie people talk about. Like, <laughs> there you go. So a, she's great. Uh-huh. B, she's got star power. I mean, yeah, she can't open a movie. Most people can't. Mm-hmm. But she, people know Sharon Stone. Right. So you put her in a show, people are going to want to see Sharon Stone. Show us Sharon Stone. Like let her <laughs> let her do things. Like that's I'm not here to like have you like sneak Chicago Fire guy in on me. <laughs> like I'm gonna be Sharon. Here's what you do. Sharon Stone is the vice president. Yeah. Agent X is a clone of the vice president. So whoever the vice president is, they make no, an exact copy, no. and the vice president is also the, Listen, the super spy. So Sharon Stone we, gets to play both parts. We need to have an episode in mm. which the protagonists... Oh, okay. I would love to see an episode of Agent X, mm. where Agent X is responsible for like protecting the two like body doubles they get of the president and vice president. Oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like in the movie Dave, they have like someone mm. who looks just like the president, just in case or, um, he needs to look like he's in two places at once. Or what was the one about uh, Usain Hussein? Oh, uh, the, the devil's the devil's gold. The something. devil's brother, devil's something like that. Yeah, that was a pretty good movie, actually. It, it, was, it was quite good. Yeah, it was Dominic Cooper. Hold on, mm. hold on. Dominic Cooper <laughs> in two roles. Yeah. The devil's the devil's double. The devil's double. We, we were overthinking it. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good movie. Mm. Yeah, Dominic Cooper looks like a lot like the like the son of yeah. the Saddam Hussein. So they give him plastic surgery so he looks exactly like him, and then he has to pretend to be him a lot, and what mm. that does to you. Yeah, and like yeah. It, it's a pretty good movie. It's, 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 it got it's, forgotten pretty quick. Everyone for a moment it looked like he had Oscar buzz, and then just it vanished. Yeah. There's a really wonderful scene in that movie where we see. Saddam Hussein playing tennis with his double. Okay. Just like there's two two Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Like that would have been a fun. I would love that. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of fun I want to have. Yeah. The last episode of uh, uh, Agent X. Okay, the it's <sighs> the bad guy's big plan. This could have been any other episode of the show because it the bad was... guys, everything that he's been doing so far, we've been stealing nuclear weapons. There have been There's nerve agents and, yeah, and kidnappings yeah, yeah. and undermining the Agent X program. It all led to. A hostage situation. 
It turns out well, that Sharon Stone and the president... It's not just a hostage. Well, it's like every... No, they no. go to like this big G7 summit, and yeah. they essentially hold all the world leaders hostage. Right, there's right. an Angela Merkel-type character. No, no, I actually, I actually like think it's the, the premise is fine. Mm-hmm. But there's something just... It just feels kind of perfunctory as the ending to the series, or the season even, where it's just mm-hmm. like, you're building the this? Yeah. Diehard knockoff? That's what you were building to? Well, the, it's a diehard knockoff, and did you notice that there's this uh, not-at-all-subtle-or-clever reference to Basic Instinct? Because no. there's, there's there's the scene where Sharon Stone, like, she's... She's vice president. She's there. She's being held hostage, and there's like a, a thug there with a gun, and she's like, "Okay, I have to go get some water." And she goes behind the bar and gets an ice pick. Oh, the ice pick! I don't even know yeah, why. She, I didn't even she, think of that. She hides an ice pick in her sleeve. I don't it's like, know. Oh, I, I don't know. I, this I, is I, so. This is 2015. Oh Do we really have to refer to a film from 1992? I don't know why that didn't even occur to me. That's yeah, so fucking yeah, weird. Okay, to- totally a basic instinct. So, uh, so yeah, Sharon Stone and John Shea, the president. Uh, they are at this basically a G7 summit mm-hmm. with a bunch of other world leaders, world leader from Germany, world leader from Russia. Uh, John Shea and the world leader from Russia are both trying to get on the new German chancellor's good side. Uh, she's single. The Russian uh, uh, prime minister is single. So his plan is to seduce her. Mm-hmm. John Shea is happily married and wouldn't do that. So Sharon Stone knowing that this woman is divorced, mm. gets to like be in the ladies' room with her and talk about, like, oh, the boys, right? We're the only two women here, so we get the bathroom all to ourselves. Ah! Mm. The president of America is very faithful. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God. How could, you're telling me that any, even the most inept politician couldn't see through that shit. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. So the bad guy oh, is going to... It was only a 3.6. Come on. Well, we were probably the, pretty close to the, it. Then. The earthquake we felt. Yeah, yeah. It's was, probably it's only, in San Fernando. It was a three point six. Yeah, three point six is is enough just, to just feel an alert on if my you're, phone. <laughs> if you're right next to, it, if you're not familiar with California mm-hmm. and or earthquakes, if you're right next to it, a three point six might knock something off a shelf. Mm-hmm. If you're any distance from it, you'll feel a little rumble. It's, it's, it's like a big truck is. Passing. Hopefully, it's not a four shock. That could be a big deal. We had a four shock not that long ago, mm-hmm. and it led to a bigger earthquake. Was pretty bad next to the epicenter, but nowhere near us. We got lucky. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over this one. <laughs> um, but, uh, so his whole thing is he's going to hold all the world leaders hostage and he is going to try them for their own crimes against humanity. And every world leader said, mm. everything you're complaining about was a really difficult decision that we made because it seemed like the lesser of two evils, which is exactly the responsibility of a politician. So <laughs> I don't know what you so, want so from quit, us in this quit, situation. Quit like, about, I'm not happy about how it turned out either, but the alternative was so unthinkable. Mm. We had to do this. And he's just like, well, you're evil. And then he gives them each guns and only one of the guns he gives them has a bullet in it. And like, you can only survive if you kill the other one, but maybe you can't. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, John and Olga are like, trying to infiltrate undercover like the bad guys and yeah, they have to fight them all off. There's one fun bit like out of a John Woo movie where like all of those guns where only like half of them have a bullet in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them are like in a pile on the ground because everyone ran away and John and the bad guy keep picking them up and like aiming at each other but they keep picking the guns that are empty. <laughs> that, yeah, that was kind of That was a fun right? gag. I liked that I, gag. I think they used that gag in the film Shoot 'em Up if you remember that movie. Oh, they might have. They might have. Well, they did it a little bit in uh, Face Off as well. There's like a yeah, couple of times they did that. Um, I do remember that <laughs> Clive Owen had a hole in his hand, like he'd been shot through the hand, uh-huh. and he picks up a bullet 
He puts it in the hole in his hand and then holds his hand in a fire. Yeah. And the bullet fires out of his hand. It's the most ridiculous shit. <laughs> Shoot 'em up does not get respected enough. I no, think. it's it, uh, it's gloriously cartoonish. Um. Anyway, he he delivers a baby and shoots through the umbilical cord. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he cuts the cord with a gun. That's so weird. Um. Okay. So at the end, uh, good guy kills the bad guy, uh, and as they're all escaping, and some of them are wounded. Mm-hmm. The president has like a like the the Russian president prime minister or whatever he's uh, he's on the ground and he's injured and rather than save him the president of the United States watches him die and that's actually like really fucked up mm-hmm. like just yeah okay it's over the top and melodramatic but that's dark and like for a moment I'm like okay I I kind of want to see where you were going with this maybe you should have done this earlier <laughs> I would have liked to have seen this a little sooner because this is kind of a big deal. Um, and then John ostensibly quits, and Major Dad, in order to save John, made a deal with a guy who he blinded in a car bomb. Oh and, gosh, yeah. I've and now the guy has said like, they made a deal: if you help mm. me mm. save this guy, and by extension the president, and all these world leaders, I will give you what you want, which is revenge against me. You can do whatever you want to me. Mm. And at the end, the last like the last thing in the entire series is this bad guy going to Major Dad, one of the only characters who had any personality who you like, and just, just saying like, "So how long are you going to torture me until I die?" Guy's like, "Well, it took me about a year to get over uh, you know my burns and mm. get used to being blind after that accident. So I guess a year, a year of torture does that sound good to you?" He's like, "Yeah, it's fair. It's fair." Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. And that's, that's the end of the that's series. That's the end of the series. Jesus Christ. Um, nothing. There's nothing. No. There's nothing here. There's nothing to recommend Agent X. No. Uh, we the read, premise yeah, is kind of fun, but it does uh, nothing with well, it. Well, like, for a third of the pilot, it's a fun premise. And yeah. the rest is, like, really generic stuff. And, yeah. again, if the just the pilot had been kind of generic... And they started playing after that. I would understand. Yeah, because the pilot you, you know, have to it, set up the premise. You there's have to a set lot you got to do in a pilot. I get it. Uh, yeah, the plot doesn't doesn't need to be the most complicated thing. Yeah, uh, but they and just this, settle in right away. They settle in right away, and this isn't even a case of how certain shows feel like they need to, in order to compete with streaming shows, cram every single episode with incident. Yeah, uh, there there have been like articles written about this sort of thing. How. When people are sitting down in front of Netflix and they can watch an entire season of TV in one sitting, it's like, oh, you get this gigantic epic story where all of these chapters unfold and you get to see the big dramatic changes as they play out, were meant to play out over the course of like an entire season of television, but now you're getting it in like 10 to 13 hours. Yeah. Uh, network TV shows are were still being released on a weekly basis. They still are. And... Mm-hmm. In order to keep people, to grab people, they can't just have an ordinary episode where, like, a little bit happens. Yeah, it can't, and, it can't be a, a relaxing escapist episode. It, it, has, full it has to feel like it's just as incidental as an entire season in one episode. So shows became a lot more incidental. The paces really picked up I really when, noticed, ne- when, when streaming exploded. I, I really noticed this, not to go mm-hmm. back to Arrow again, but when Arrow first came out, mm-hmm. and I think I missed the first season, I cut up with it, like, that summer or whatever, but I... I noticed something in almost every episode of Arrow where I thought the episode was over mm-hmm. and we were less than halfway through it. I was like, we've been through so much already. Uh-huh. I'm used to this being all we get in a single episode of yeah, television yeah. and we still have 20 minutes left. I was like, well, well fuck, awesome. I get all this entertainment for my buck. Like, you're not, you're not half-assing this. You're filling it with stuff. 
Like, that well, could that, be that really was, fun. But that was a complaint we had when we were doing the shunting, wasn't it? When we were watching Shadowhunters. Oh, yeah. There was no status quo. Everything was the biggest possible moment. Everything was changing. Yeah. They're going to alternate universes and stuff. Well, Arrow, didn't, just, Arrow didn't change everything all the time, which I appreciate. Yeah, like, it, yeah. there was, like, well, every season said, had a status quo, but, okay. it, but every plot was full of stuff and, like, reveals yeah, and reversals and things. But that, what I was going to say is that's actually not the issue with Agent X, yeah. where they're not trying to cram it so full of incident that you can't get a hold of the character. Uh, A lot of stuff is happening. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of movement. But there aren't enough big changes. And they're going for, like, these big reveals in the clumsiest possible way. It's not like they're trying to go for a big moment every episode. It's like they only have five tools in their spy cliche bag, and they just reached right into it. The, the thing you're supposed to grab in case of emergencies. Oh gosh, we got nothing this week. Just do a cliche. Yeah, they started with the cliche here, bag. Here, here's 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 my uh, boiling down mm. Agent X in a nutshell. <coughs> uh, it's all the thrills of watching an old rerun without any of the thrills of watching it for the first time. <laughs> like it it's, does. It feels every, like reruns. Everything the first time feels around. kind of familiar. You're like you know, because it's on TNT, and I don't mean to like pigeonhole TNT. I'm sure they have good shows, but. A lot of those basic cable stations, they show a lot of reruns. They'll be mm-hmm. like, you know, a half dozen episodes of Law & Order on whatever station you're watching. Mm-hmm. And, again, you that's all familiarity. That's all just lazy Sunday, mm-hmm. space out on the couch mm-hmm. programming. You shouldn't start yeah. with that. And that's what Agent X feels like. It feels mm-hmm. like that was the goal, was to be mm-hmm. lazy Sunday, non-committal programming. Yeah. Um, I just looked up the filmography of Jeff Hefner. Yeah. Here's some of the... Jeffner. Jeffner. Here's some of the characters that Jeffner has played. Michael Pike. Matt Ramsey. Pat Conroy. <laughs> Keith Reynolds. David Nelson. Oh my god, actual David Nelson. Yeah. Wayne Smith. Okay, Morgan Stanley Bufkin is a good one. That's a real name. Yeah. That's, a, that's an actual name. That's fine. <laughs> Jack Bryant. Oh, please. God. Please tell me he works for the Coast Guard. <laughs> like, that's... Ah, uh, Zalman Drake. Oh, there we go. What's <laughs> Zalman Drake from? Castle. In fact, he played okay. Edmund and Zalman Drake. I'm guessing he played twins in that episode. Mm. Oh, he also played twins uh, in an uh, <laughs> episode of Boss. All right. Ben and Alex Zajac. Nice. Brady Ritter. <laughs> Jeff Clark. Isaac Bishop. He, he's got a type. He's got that face. <laughs> Jeff Clark. Yeah, these kind of all-American, yeah. uh, boring, bland, hero guy names. Like, you look over Arnold Schwarzenegger's filmography, he's got a lot of those as well. Well, he's, he's not boring. They're like, they're big. Like the, John Matrix. <laughs> Conan T. Barbarian. He, he never plays a guy with an Austrian name. I think Junior is the only time he actually played an Austrian. It's a little bizarre. Mm, I think, well, Victor Freeze. Oh, like and Robin, I think he was supposed to be like Eastern <laughs> European. Okay, sure. <laughs> Junior and Batman and Robin were the only times. The only he times was, he was authentically himself. Austrian. <laughs> um, I don't want to think about Evasion. I lasted a hundred episodes. Was it canceled too soon, Whitney? No, no, no. I feel like I watched it for eight seasons. This was a chore. This was not. This a was fun real. Watch. Like some some things you can kind of breeze through, and it's mm-hmm. it, you're just could because you're enjoying yourself. I did. I had I felt no pleasure. I felt just You can't I, tell the difference between painful. watching the show and not watching the show. Like yeah, I could yeah. have been sitting there watching nothing. It could have been knitting. It could have been reading a book. Yeah. 
any thing, book. The things I could have been done instead literally of could have been book. doing instead of watching Agent X. I could have punched so many angry birds off of a ledge. Yes, seriously. I could have. I could have been whiling away my hours playing an iPhone game. Uh, so that is it for this week's uh, cancel mm. too soon. Uh, next month, whole month. Uh, we have a little bit of catching up to do. We sp- we're supposed to do a poll episode of Cancel Too Soon every single month. January had fewer episodes than we'd originally mm-hmm. intended. Just so we decided. Because of scheduling, and we apologize. So we decided that, that in February we're going to do four polls. Mm-hmm. Four weeks in a row, our Patreon subscribers get to choose the episode, and we don't know what that's going to be yet. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put that on, on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash well, critically acclaimed network. We, we've chosen the, the first poll, right? Well, yeah, we, yeah. Know, we know what's going to be in the polls. We just know what's going to win. Yeah. So we can't tell you what's going to be next. But we can, but we, tell, can't tell we can tell them what's on the poll. I was getting there. All right. Have some faith. I was just making sure. Okay. I didn't want you to leave them hanging. No, 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 no. I, I was making sure they knew where to go. Okay. If you're not already a patron, for $1 a month, mm-hmm. you can vote in the polls. Okay. Uh, and for more than that, you get exclusive bonus episodes. But for one dollar a month, that's all. You get to vote in the polls, and you get to vote for four episodes uh, mm-hmm. in the month of February. Our first poll. I'm going to tell you all the polls now. Uh-huh. Uh, barring like if we have any issues with availability, there might be a slight change here and there, but should be these are all fine. Mm-hmm. So the first poll. This will be the next episode of Cancel Too Soon. It is a random selection of shows that are in our DVD library. Mm-hmm. Some of these we've acquired ourselves. Some of them have been donated uh, by our listeners. Uh, and your options are uh, The Invisible Man. This would be the 1970s series. <laughs> yeah, which Invisible Man? Because there have yeah. been a plenty. There have been a couple. And, There's uh, even a new enough, movie coming out. There is yeah. a new movie coming out. So that would be very fitting. Uh, your other uh, next option, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. This is a show about a kid named Johnny Sacco who has a flying robot. It's It's live action. It's a live action uh, tokusatsu series. Uh, Next up, Masquerade. This is another spy series, but the gimmick of this spy series is rather than train spies in weird specialties, anytime Mm -hmm. the government needs someone with a particular specialty, they enlist a civilian to be a temporary spy. So we need a concert pianist in order to infiltrate this thing because this foreign leader is really into classical music. Mm -hmm. They get a random celebrity of the week to play that thing. That was from the 80s. Uh, it is a show that is largely forgotten, but it's always intrigued me, so I wanted to put it on here. Uh, and then lastly, They Came From Outer Space, starring Dean Cameron and the other guy from Ski School. <laughs> uh, they Came From Outer Space was a short-lived sitcom about two teenaged aliens uh, who ostensibly have been sent to Earth to go to Oxford. I think it's Oxford. But instead decides to use their tuition money to drive around the world getting in sexy adventures. I was a big fan when I was a kid. I have no idea if it holds up. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. Hmm. So those are all your options. We'll do one of those on the next Cancel Too Soon. The next poll, another grab bag from our library. Uh, there's Dark Skies, a show which is in no way exactly like the X-Files. Not at all. Not even close. It's, it's, you don't it's look not... at the DVE cover and go, those people were cast because they look like David Duchovny yeah. and Jillian Anderson. It's, it's not about two FBI agents investigating aliens and they look a lot like the characters from the X-Files. No, 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 no. Uh, Dirty yeah. Dancing, the series. This came out right after the movie, like one year <laughs> after the movie. There was a short-lived Dirty Dancing television, television series. Yeah. Uh, next up, 
Hammer House of Horror. You're familiar with Hammer horror movies, uh, The Horror of Dracula, Taste the Blood of Dracula, Dracula AD 1972, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. And that's just the Dracula series. Yeah, Frankenstein created woman. Like, there's all these really lurid, bold, technicolor, ripping yeah, horror, horror movies. movies but... uh, they had an anthology series. Mm. And uh, that's we love doing anthology series, so that's an option as well. Uh, and then lastly, Now and Again, which I don't know about. No, now it's, again it's, it's a spy series. It's a spy series? Yeah. Again? Again. No, now? No, now and okay. again. <laughs> well, and, uh, we, this one actually I remember being pretty well received. Yeah, we, we covered a show called Here and Now, and I kept wanting to call it Now and Again. So <laughs> now it's going to be really confusing. Fun. All right. And then the next week, mm. on Cancel Too Soon, and all these polls will be up really soon, uh, we decided to do a whole poll of nothing but short-lived Netflix shows. Of which there are many. Of which uh, there are quite a few. Some, we're not even sure if they're short-lived. They're just sort of dangling in the balance. Yeah, and Netflix sometimes doesn't bother actually canceling things, but mm. like five years later, we probably can safely say it's canceled. But um, yeah, they're still technically pending. They've never been said they're canceled. Netflix, um, their model is not longevity. No. They kind of ride a big hit if they can, but yeah, yeah it's, they don't it's, want to keep on writing things as long as they possibly can. They want novelty, there's, and if everyone keeps talking about mm, it, they'll they'll continue, but even then... There's something admirable about that approach, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about there, it. If there are pros and cons. There yeah. are pros and cons. We'll talk about it when you choose one of the following uh, shows. Anyway, uh, the options are Chambers, which is the Guy Pierce show? No, that's not the Guy Pierce show. Which one's Chambers? It's a horror show, right? <laughs> I think so. Cool. We looked it up. Chambers. I, th- I assumed that since you were the one who looked it up, you would remember what it was about. Chambers on Netflix. What's it about? Uh, it's it's mystery show. Okay. It's uh, no, it's um. Oh, it's the one with Uma Thurman. It, it's the one with the heart transplant, like Chambers of the Heart. <sighs> like a, a girl gets a heart transplant and she begins like getting haunted by the original owner of the heart. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, that 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 old song. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, Gypsy, starring Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. I believe this was a crime series of some kind. Where she was a cop. <laughs> Nobody was... remembers any of these shows because they never publicized well, any of these shows. Yeah, it's true. Uh, next up, The Innocents. No, no that's she... the Guy Pierce show. That that's the Guy Pierce show. And he's like a doctor of mutants. Who yeah, it's, it's like they're shape shifting. Superpowered teenagers, very young adult novel kind of uh, thing. And then lastly, a kids show. But a kid show with a really cool pedigree, Julie's Green Room. Mm. Uh, this stars Julie Andrews from Mary Poppins and the Sound of Music, recently, uh, as she and a bunch of puppets teach kids about how theater works. Doesn't that's that sound a, adorable? That sounds wonderful. Doesn't that sound cute? All right, well, that's another option you have there. And then the week after that, we're going to do all failed TV shows from Amazon Prime, <laughs> which I don't think we've really touched much so far. Yeah. So uh, your options include... Uh, Good Girls Revolt, which is about a bunch of women working at a magazine in the mid-20th century who start to fight against the glass ceiling, had great reviews, mm. then it was canceled. Jean-Claude Van Johnson, who stars Jean-Claude Van Damme as Jean-Claude Van Damme, who decides to become a private detective of some kind. Uh, the Romanoffs, which is a weirdly huge ensemble cast about people in the present day who think they're descendants of the former Tsar of Russia. Great. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Sounds unbelievably stupid. That's, and that's a why we picked premise. it. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, what was it Z, the beginning of everything, which is the story of Zelda Fitzgerald as played by <laughs> Pan Am's Christina Ricci. 
You may know her from other films. <laughs> Barf is my, my reaction to that show. You don't um, you don't like Zelda Fitzgerald? Come on, she's an interesting historical figure. Uh, I love Zelda Fitzgerald, but a TV series about Zelda Fitzgerald as played by Christina Ricci sounds pretty awful to me. Sounds a bit much, man. Yeah. Didn't she also do a TV series about Lizzie Borden, or was that just like a series of movies? I, I think it was a TV movie. Yeah. No. Mm. Anyway, it's a niche. Uh, anyway, those are all polls. Those are all mm. polls that are going to be up on patreon.com slash Critically acclaimed network, in addition to all the exclusive content we have over there, like all our yesterdays, where we review all the Star Trek shows, etc. Um, it's all over there. Mm. We hope you check it out. Thank you, everyone who keeps the show running. We, of course, appreciate and love you for it. If you want to write us letters and have them read over the air about this podcast or any of the other podcasts on the network, uh, it's letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. We are at Critic Acclaim. As a podcast, uh, if you're in New York, be sure to check out uh, this weekend. I'll be in Brooklyn doing the movie trivia Schmodown and hopefully beating Dan Merle for the first time in my career. <laughs> it's, he's so damn smart. Ah, he's so smart. Um, I feel like I'm bringing something uh, cool. Oh, and uh, if you haven't heard, stick around because uh, in a week or two, I'm busy with this whole traveling thing, or we'd have done it sooner. Uh, we're starting a new podcast in which we're going to be talking about all of the various films and media that influenced Star Wars. It is a Star Wars podcast in which we don't talk about Star Wars. Well, I mean, we'll, of course, refer heavily to Star Wars We'll mention, we'll mention yeah. it, but it's not about Star Wars. It's not about, like, who has a cooler lightsaber or what a Force Dyad is. It's all <laughs> none, about... None of that nonsense. You know, you know that sound effect you like? Here's, here, here's, yeah. here's a movie that invented sound design as we know it today, that kind of thing. Um, it's a really interesting way to learn about uh, motion picture history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really great technique. Take a movie people like, work your way backwards, and that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for being a patron and voting so we can know what we're going to do next week. Uh, and uh, stick around because we have more shows on the network. Yeah. Um, that's a wrap. We'll see you next season. Yeah.